Hello and welcome to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome to our viewers and to our listeners on the radio. Today we'll be talking about the future of Edinburgh University and the integration plan that's uniting Edinburgh with California and Clarion Universities what it all means for students, for faculty, for staff, and really for our region as well. My guest today is Dr. Dale Elizabeth Pearson, Interim President of Edinburgh and California Universities and President of Clarion University. That's a lot. So welcome. Thank you. I've been waiting to have you here for the, long, for the longest time. So let's start with uh, your titles there over the three schools. What's it like to be leading all three universities, which as of now are still operating individually? Yes, uh, through the next eight months, we have uh, Clarion University, Edinburgh University, and Cal University, or Cal U. And I've uh, come June, the end of June, we will be one integrated university. So right now I lead three separate universities and run the semesters and work with our students and they get everything that they need and then in the next summer we'll have one yeah and so a lot of traveling back and forth for you yes as a matter of fact <laughs> last night i drew i drove in from from cal u and uh, now here i am in erie today with you yes. so let's talk about your background i have your bio here i read it it's it's really remarkable you started in nursing and counseling and then moved into higher ed how many degrees do you have well, I think if you count all my degrees, I actually have two associate degrees that I, very often I'll, I'll leave off of my uh, resume. But I, I do have quite a few uh, degrees. I, I worked full time and went to school. And so for me, uh, working night shift, working evening shift as a nurse, getting my degrees and my credentials, uh, that's what I did as a working student. And, uh, and now um, I am in higher education as a leader. So I think all the things that I have done have led me to this path. Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to ask, uh, how, how all that background really equips you for this moment in higher education, and specifically as the state system is redesigned. It is a challenging moment in higher ed and challenging here in Pennsylvania. Well, we're not alone. Higher uh, education is uh, about uh, in the middle of a tidal wave of change. It's, it's coming in the whole northern tier of the United States. We've had uh, demographic cliffs that we've kind of, uh, our traditional students are, there's just not as many students being born, as many children being born in the north. And most of the, the burgeoning uh, higher ed enrollment is in the south, the southern tier of the United States. So uh, for those of us who have declining enrollment in traditional students, we're looking to how can we continue to educate the workforce and retool ourselves to fit the needs, particularly of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. In the Western Corridor, we know we have many individuals who need to be retooled, need some education, need some advanced credentials, uh, need degree completion. The workforce is just demanding this and needs it, is hungry for it, and that's the role that we will play in the Western Corridor going forward. The workforce is really shifting though too, so how do you not uh, lose that higher education piece where every student who would leave your combined schools has a good foundation regardless of their career choice? Well, let's kind of pull that question apart a little <laughs> bit. Uh, every student comes uh, with a different need even though we have many traditional students. Our local universities, Edinburgh, Clarion, and Cal U, um, really help with the whole transformation of the 18 to 25 year old as they they move through that process many of the students come to a campus for a traditional experience but we also at Edinburgh have many commuter students who also commute and want a piece of that experience 
We provide uh, the co-curricular or the athletics, the, uh, the different student organizations, the after-hours activities, all the different things that help them really learn how to navigate society and gain knowledge, skills, and acquisition. So there's, there's the, uh, that particular traditional process. But then we also have had in that space for years graduate students who come for uh, either advanced credentials, advancement in their careers so that they can move up the corporate ladder or their career ladder, or they want to complete their degree. So we have older students, non-traditional students, students with families. Um, so we've been doing that for 150 years uh, up here. And uh, we continue, so we, we've changed over the last 150 years too. We've had five different names and had five different missions over the last 150 years. So we do it because it's our mission to educate the public. Well, so a complex uh, answer for a complex question, but you recently did announce what will be the new name of the integrated school, Pennsylvania Western University. You kind of did it with a cool video here. So what's the feedback so far? What's the idea behind the name you chose? Well, the, the, it's a strong name, and uh, Pennsylvania Western University says who we are. We're a state university. We serve the Western region. We serve the Commonwealth. So for us, it's Penn West U. And that's a very, a very strong and solid name. We wanted that. We also wanted to be able to keep our local names because we are embedded and built in regions and towns. And that's part of our history. So the borough, Edinburgh University, uh, that name is, is recognizable. It's strong. So Penn West, Edinburgh will, will remain. We'll keep that name in the title. Uh, but it is a state university. We have two-year degrees all the way up through doctorates at uh, Edinburgh University, and uh, we want to continue in that domain. Uh, the name also behind Penn West, which is really exciting, is that we, most people don't know this about the borough. We have been in the online space for decades, and most of it has been graduate school, but we're, we're expanding that out. And uh, this global online initiative when we picked our name, we did a major vetting process, research-driven workshops, all kinds of input from our constituents. But in the end, the most important thing is that the word Penn West U, or the name Penn West U, will be, has very good search engine optimization. So when you put it in, you'll be able to say, oh, that's, that's, that's where we're going to go. So Penn West U go for um, Penn, Pennsylvania Western University Global Online is an area that we will actually garner some, increase our market share. Um, most people don't know how good we are at teaching online. And we've been in that space for a long time. So we think we're gonna give some of those big, big universities that are in the global space some competition. Because one thing that Edinburgh has that a lot of these private and for-profit places don't have is we have excellent teachers. We really know how to teach. And that's what we're dedicated to. All right, one last question on the name. We do know we've got University of Penn, Penn State. Any concern about too many schools with Penn in the name? Well, of course, I'm very partial to the name Pennsylvania because it's, it's who we are and it's what we do and it's who we serve. Uh, I don't think we're concerned about that. We went back and looked at it through a vetting process where we compete, and this name's a standout. All right, so we're going to be digging into the planning for integration and talking about that when we come back. Stay with us.
I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome back to The Insider. We're talking about the future of Edinburgh University with my guest, Dr. Dale Elizabeth Pearson, who is interim president of Edinburgh and California Universities and president of Clarion. So before we talk about integration, let's really talk about what precipitated it. Are we talking um, statewide in the, in the PASHE system, declining enrollment costs, student debt, all of that? All of that and more. Uh, PASHE has been going through the redesign process for about five years uh, and the primary initiative and the and commitment to student success is the underpinning uh, behind all of the redesign. We have known uh, in PASHE that things are changing with our students in the way we, uh, we teach them, th their needs are changing, but also our cost structure is such that we were really built for a 1980 model and that's when we were started and now we have other kinds of things that are, are uh, really pulling at our, demanding our attention such as uh, the complex uh, student needs in terms of mental health issues and needing to teach differently. The students are uh, coming from different sectors of the population. Our cost structure has gotten out of whack and so um, because we have fewer students, we have to be smarter the way we, the way we are teaching and educating them, and that's what the integration is all about. I think that uh, with integration, the student-facing services, teaching, the support services, the advising, the counseling, the mentoring, all of that, that needs to stay the same and be intensified. But the back stuff, the, the back service stuff like procurement and payroll and and actually leadership positions like presidents and vice presidents and managers, those can be consolidated. So that's really the, the gist yeah. of it. We'll talk about that in, in a little bit. Um, but let's talk about enrollment at the three that are coming together here in Western Pennsylvania. Is it down at all three? Is it down more at Edinburgh than the others? What, what, how, what's the status of that? Well, actually, over the last uh, four years, all three universities have made significant enrollment gains and have stabilized. Uh, then COVID hit. And so once COVID hit, that enrollment decline is on par with everything that's happened nationally. Uh, Edinburgh's down a little bit over 5%, Clarion's down larger than that, and Cal's down a little bit lower. And so uh, we have already had some mid-year planning process to recapture some of the enrollment decline because a lot of the students we serve, many of them, most of them, come from low income and humble means. And so many of them are working and taking care of their families. And so applying for school was not the priority during COVID, but we're enlisting uh, additional helps and supports to uh, make sure we're still here, we wanna help you get to school. All right, so we promised to be talking about integration, so I'll turn us back there. But what's the status of it now? The, the, the plan is, imp is approved, but it's still in the planning phase. And I have a little graphic here that explains at least what the general goal is, to create new opportunities for students, including a wider variety of academic programs, to hold down the cost of higher education for students at all three campuses. So has any of this started or you're still in the talking phase here? Well, actually, we, are, we, we meet every week as uh, functional implementation team leaders and team members. We have um, quite a few teams working on different aspects of the university. We're eight months from launch, so we've already met most of our tier one targets and now we've moved down to tier two targets. So uh, the, it's not planning, it's action. Um, there have been many consolidations of positions already. We've uh, chosen our academic array. It's almost finalized. And we're working now with really combining the universities and functioning as one unit. So we're moving towards being Penn West U. 
So when you're talking about the academic array, what's it going to look like for students when, when this is complete? Will they be moving from campus to campus? Will there be hybrid courses? Uh, what's the delivery system and then how do you decide which, which programs you keep? Okay, so that's a really complex question. Before I get to how we can decide which programs we keep, let me tell you about the delivery mode. So we'll still have our three campuses, Edinburgh, Clarion, and Cal. Those will be traditional campuses for, for on-campus experiences. So those students who wish to come and live on a university or commute to a university, all that will be there. The, um, the, so, so that's the one piece that will remain the same. Some students may choose to take some classes on other campuses because they have exposure to, say, uh, investigative forensics. So a student taking that in a criminal justice program on another campus may decide to en enroll in that and have it in a hybrid format. So, but most of the courses will be in the traditional format for the traditional students on campus. What we're doing is offering them more uh, through various means. The, um, so that's the, that's the first piece. The online piece is the fourth, the virtual campus. So those students who are really attending full-time online, they will have that online opportunity from three different program arrays now across the uh, three campuses because Cal has programs, Edinburgh and Clarion does. So, so that will be put together in a way that's much more consolidated and refined. This is really in the weeds, but I mean, if a course is offered at Edinburgh and I'm at Clarion and I want to take it, uh, will I be in line behind people who are on the Edinburgh campus who signed up for it? Well, actually, we're all one university, so it's really the registration will occur as it normally does for any campus. So, no. But you asked a good question about, will the students have to travel? And that is a great question because Edinburgh has, I don't know, 29, 30 kilns for, uh, for art and some of the students on other campuses who've done some artwork with limited numbers of kilns might decide, hey, I'd like to go and spend a semester or a year on the Edinburgh campus and have that experience and be able to immerse myself in it with all of those artists and all those teachers. Those students should be able to do that without any additional costs. All right, when we come back, we're gonna talk about leadership at the integrated school and what about student life and athletics? Much more when we come back, stay with us. Welcome back to The Insider. It's all about Edinburgh University today with Dr. Dale Elizabeth Pearson, who is interim president there, as well as at other schools too. So when the integration is complete, will there be one president, one executive leadership team over all of Penn West, and could it be you? That is a very good question. <laughs> yes, there'll be one team. Uh, there will be one executive team. There'll also be secondary tier of teams to make sure that because some of the vice presidents are working across three areas and four areas with Global Campus. And then there'll be on-campus leadership as well. We have campus administrators assigned when I can't be there. Uh, will there be one president? Yes, there will be one president. My assumption is that um, the chancellor will choose somebody to be the interim president and then there will be a search for a final president for Penn West. So when this all comes together, um, you're going to have to be working on one budget, uh, one enrollment strategy, one marketing strategy. So, yes. <laughs> so will the schools lose their identity? And, and what makes you think that, you know, Edinburgh has tartan and all of this Scottish Highland and all of that. So will that identity be lost? And, and how do you deal with that question of distinct identity at each school versus like a, a one voice marketing strategy? 
Well, the marketing team is already working on their enrollment strategy and their marketing strategy for Penn West. Um, the individual identities, it's really a, a great question because our students have just selected the design that was most favorite to them and they, I can't tell you which design because we're going to do the rollout, but they were quite uh, taken with the designs that allowed for the individual identity to remain somehow in, in, the, in the logo itself and in the branding. The traditions will probably morph over time, but tartan's pretty important. Uh, even though it's not even our official school color, which is red and white, tartan breathes, tartan lives on, we bleed tartan. And so those, uh, those traditions will carry on. I think because we're still going to have our mascots and we've, uh, we're maintaining our three athletic programs and our local traditions that for many, many years, the tartan will rule. So uh, you segued nicely into that. I know it is your intention to retain athletics on all three campuses, but that plan has to be approved by the NCAA. So how soon do you expect that decision? And does that call for keeping all the sports that are on all three campuses right now? Actually, I'll do you one better. So what we've done is we've investigated and what we'd like to do is actually build out our rosters on each campus. So the Fighting Scots, the Golden Eagles and the Vulcans will probably have some new sports added to their campuses. We've done an analysis of that and actually keeping and building out the athletics is good for the university but more than that it's really good for the students because they, they graduate in a timely fashion and they have less debt and they develop wonderful skills and great leadership and team management. So that's what we're building out. We are working with NCAA. We have been working with them for the last year on how to make sure we can uh, keep things fair between each, each campus and make sure that each campus is uh, properly supported in an ethical manner. Changing gears a bit here, I know at Clarion you opened an office for diversity, equity, and inclusion. How much of a priority is that going to be in the integration plan? Well, you know, Edinburgh kind of rocks on that one, too, because we were sharing a vice president, well, not a vice president, a chief diversity officer with Slippery Rock. And uh, then we, and it was a half-time position, that's now a full-time position uh, to Edinburgh. And that person has been named the vice president for diversity, equity, and inclusion across all three campuses. And so uh, Edinburgh took the lead on that, first vice president in the PASHI system. Edinburgh also has a unique place in uh, providing education and services and facilities for students with disabilities. Yes. So is that something that will continue? It Not only will it continue, it will become enhanced. Edinburgh is the perfect inclusive campus for that. We are we are flat, so our, our students who uh, maneuver through life through wheelchairs or have other kind of ambulatory challenges, uh, that our campus still remains safe in that way. But we're also building out our uh, military and veteran programs as well. Well, when we come back, the articulation agreement with the Erie County Community College, what that means for Edinburgh. Stay with us. Welcome back once again to The Insider. Again, today it is all about Edinburgh University, its future, the big integration plan that's in the process right now. Again, my guest, Dr. Dale. You just like to be called Dr. Dale, so why don't I... That's good. That's <laughs> why don't easier. I stop right there? <laughs> so uh, you announced an articulation agreement with the Erie County Community College. I was on campus that day. So explain what that really means for the community college as well as for Edinburgh University. 
It, it basically means that we are working in support of one another, that of providing a pathway should students decide to go from an associate degree to a university and making that, that process as seamless as possible so that the students don't have to, once they get their associate degree, duplicate coursework. That what the coursework that they have really will count towards uh, the degree, a four-year degree, as they go forward. The other thing I think that it does is it lets students know we're there for them. We are their public access university just as the community college is. I talked to a couple of students on day one of community college classes and some were kids who had started in traditional college and who had dropped out and wanted to kind of get going again before they tried to come back, say, to Edinburgh. That, that day I remember you saying this was just the beginning and you expected other, articula uh, other articulation agreements with other schools. Uh, so are you in the process of signing those now? Actually, uh, we've been having several meetings with uh, the, the faculty and the presidents at the community colleges in the up and down the Western Corridor. Uh, Tuesday Stanley and uh, several others have approached us uh, at the Cal U University who also has articulation and so does Clarion. So when I said, well, you know, we're going to be coming together as one university, why not really take advantage of this and, and do something for the entire region? So we're working on that right now. And I know that uh, the Chancellor's also working with community colleges and um, uh, Ken Hawkinson is leading up some of that initiatives for the entire PASHI. So we've uh, left a couple of complicated things for the last couple of minutes here. How are you doing the admissions process right now when so many of these things are kind of in, in flux? Uh, how hard is it to be attracting students and telling them what to expect? Well, the students shouldn't see too much of a difference right now in the admissions process. They apply to, in a traditional way, Edinburgh, uh, as they always have, uh, just same at Clarion, same at Cal U. It is a complicated process. We're getting all of our systems to talk to one another, all of our computer systems, all of our um, talking systems that have to do with technology. And that process, we've gotten considerable amount of support from PASHI and investment in finances to get that done. Uh, so, but the students themselves uh, will not notice a whole lot of change. Last quick question. You were remote for uh, much of the time last year, so how is it having students back on campus, are, are they all there yet? I mean, how challenging has it been? It is wonderful to have the students back to campus. The electricity that went through the air when they arrived this fall was just heartwarming. Uh, we love having them back. We, we really feel like um, uh, we're, we're just so happy. And so uh, it's different because everyone's a little uh, getting their COVID legs. We expected not to have masks when we reopened and we're navigating with masks. Uh, but our yep. students, our <laughs> students are wearing the masks. Our faculty and staff are wearing them. The rules are in the building, masks up, outside of the building and spaced appropriately, masks down and everyone's been compliant. We are just so glad to be reopened. Well, it's been great having you here. I know you've answered a lot of questions, but there will be many more questions answered as you roll out and reveal the rest of the plan. If people want to stay abreast of what's happening in Edinburgh, I'm assuming your website is the best place? Our website is the best place. We have frequently asked questions and all kinds of talking points that are for the public, but they can always contact the university, and we are glad to give them a personal answer as well. Well, thank you again so oh, much thank for you, being Lisa. with I us. Appreciate it. As always, thank you for joining us. If you have an idea you'd like us to explore, just email me at ladams at erienewsnow.com and join us again next time for The Insider.